Hi, I'm Connie Wilkes. I'm Marlene Nelson. I'm Jerry Gropp. And I'm Sherry Spute. And our last names make up the acronym WINGS. We're just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and we hope to offer a place to gather for our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation, Under His Wings. Hi, everybody. We have a really special guest today, and we are super excited to have Brigham Nelson. We'll call him Briggs, probably. Um, He is Marlene's son, so he's going to be here with us. He just got back from a two-year church mission. Brigham, where did you go? Yep, I went to Illinois, Chicago. It's called the Illinois Chicago Mission, so that's where I went. Cool. Cool. Sounds scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great place, great city. Um, So for those of you who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, all of the young men in our church are asked by the Lord if they're able to serve a mission to go away for two years and teach people about Jesus Christ. And the girls are not under that same obligation of sorts, but they are all welcome to go. Marlene and I both went on missions. As well as senior couples. Yeah. Welcome to go as well. Yeah, yeah. And and actually now a lot of service missionaries. Sherry and Craig are service missionary leaders, presidents. And um, I'm going to become a service missionary pretty soon too. I'm, my my application is in the works. Yeah, yeah it's great. So super excited. Explain the difference between a full-time mission maybe, and service mission as well as couples missions. Are there differences in those? Explain those to us because yeah. there are. Yeah. Boys go for, boys between the ages, well, starting at the age of 18 can go for two years and some go out of the country, some stay in the country, usually to a different state than they live in though. And um, girls go for 18 months, same thing, could be out of the country, in the country, um, service missions are for those that need to stay a little bit closer to home. And so they're usually stay, they still live at home. Um, couple missionaries can do either. They can stay in their home and serve missions in their area, or they can go out of the country in the, you know, somewhere to another state. Yeah. Full-time missionaries are where they, they're proselyting and they're teaching people about Jesus Christ and Obviously, service, service missionaries are those who are offering service and aid to those around their area. Yeah, so it's really a neat opportunity. And so, Brigham, tell, tell everybody a little bit about you. How old are you? What's your plans maybe, you know, why you went on a mission? Yeah, so I am from Meridian, Idaho. I'm 21. I just turned 21. And few things that I love to do. I love to ride horses. I trained horses for a year and a half or so, and I really enjoyed it. And so I definitely am going to continue to do that. I also tried to start up my own company and selling retail or uh, like a clothing brand. And it was really uh, cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was so fun. To I enjoyed that, that, and I'm planning on starting it up again. Um, and I just love spending time with family and doing things. I love boating playing sports. I played rugby and football and basketball in high school and I really enjoyed that. So that's awesome. um, Yeah. Those are some things about me. Yeah. 
So Brigham, for those not of our faith, what, what is it that makes young people in the prime of their lives who'd normally be going off to college or training horses, you know, starting careers and mm-hmm. clothing companies or whatever their dreams are, what is it that makes them want to go off and, and serve and leave family and girlfriends and everything else behind um, to spend time in an unfamiliar place and to teach strangers about the gospel? Yeah, that's a great question. I, for me, I felt like life was pretty good. Like I was dating and I had a company going and it was pretty successful and I was, you know, doing all these things. And I was just super happy. Um, and at first I was like, man, I, you know, I don't know if I want to serve. But as I just continued to, you know, hold on to my decision that I made when I was younger, that I wanted to serve. Uh, a full-time mission. I, I knew it was the decision that I needed to make. And for me, uh, my my reason or my why changed throughout my mission or from the beginning to like the end. Like I, when I started, I, I really just wanted to see that change within myself. I wanted to learn more about the gospel and, and see the change within me because I saw my siblings do the same and other friends of mine go on missions and so that was a motivating factor is like, I want to draw closer to Christ. I want to come closer to him. And as I slowly started learning more and I was in the missionary training center, I wanted to to bring others closer to Christ as well, to help them to learn how to pray, to read, to come to church, do all the small things necessary to build faith in him. So that's definitely my, my why. So you don't have to go out knowing everything right. about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is yeah. that right? My what knowledge you, definitely was very small. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you feel like is most important to carry in your heart as you're getting ready to go out and serve? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely uh, for me growing up, I have always read the Book of Mormon. For those who don't know what the Book of Mormon is, it is another testament of Jesus Christ that took place here in ancient America and we read it with the Bible, and it complements the Bible, and it helps answer some of the questions that we may have when we read the Bible alone. And to me, growing up, reading the Bible, it gave me peace, it gave me direction in high school, and that was something that I had that I wanted to share with others, is the Book of Mormon. And in the Book of Mormon, there's a record of Jesus Christ appearing to the people, and they had a one-on-one experience with the Savior, and when I read that uh, before my mission, I could really feel the power of it, that I could have that personal relationship with Christ, and I could have help others have that as well. Were you nervous about serving in Chicago? At first, not really, but when I was getting on the plane, it was pretty nerve-wracking, I guess. Yeah. Never it became been on real. A plane. Yeah. <laughs> You always hear stories about inner city Chicago that I'm sure make mamas at least nervous sending yeah. their kids off there. But I'm sure you must have just fallen in love with the people that yeah, you served. I learned to love it very quickly. So, so is it really the Windy City? Yes, it's very windy. But I forgot why it's called the Windy City. It's <laughs> not the wind. Okay. <laughs> so, so Brace, I was, I was just thinking about what... What would you say to those that aren't of our faith that about serving a mission for their own church? Like, would you encourage 
other people and why? Yeah, like I think sharing your knowledge of Christ builds your knowledge of Christ. And to me, if you have a testimony of Jesus Christ and you love the Lord, and if you love him enough, you'll naturally want to share it with others. And as you share it, your testimony grows, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, tell us about some of your experiences sharing the Book of Mormon with others and and just different ways that people received that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so back to like the fear side of going into Chicago. My first day, I thought it was just going to be tall buildings, dark alleys, and <laughs> I was going to be totally lost and pretty much alone. Um, and then when I got to my area, it was in the south side of Chicago, but it was just like three-story apartments, and we were biking. And so my trainer, his name was Elder Summers, and um, he just was so fast. And he was like a mile ahead of me, and I was like, holy cow, I'm going to get lost in Chicago. Um, And the first day we were just biking, and um, he started talking to this lady on the porch. He stopped on his bike, and I finally caught up, and then he started teaching about the the history of our church and I just got so excited I was just so happy to to share the Book of Mormon and I got one out of my bag and I was like here's it's right here it's just like take it like read it it's so good <laughs> and I was just super excited and um, it was just a wonderful experience like the first day to see that people were really open and ready to receive it and to read it to learn more about it did you have any nervous nervousness that you had to get over i think just the only nervous experiences that i had were just learning new teaching skills like asking questions or uh, listening or how to begin teaching all these different principles of teaching and i think as i just kept studying every day it it just helped me find peace and strength how do you begin to teach what's what's a typical experience as you go tracting and which is knocking on doors or did you just bump into people and start a conversation yeah so missionary work is very different um at least in our mission okay um we never knocked on doors pretty much and everything was over social media they saw an ad they had request to meet with missionaries or prayer or read some scriptures learn about the bible things like that and we would call them, stop by, things like that. And then naturally when you're stopping by these referrals from online, um, you meet people on the street, just like everywhere you go. But um, as you meet people, like, or as you read the scriptures, if you learn about the Savior, I don't think he just goes and just teaches doctrine and like tells them what they need to do. I think they go to their level. They find who they are. They get to know them. Um, and find their needs, what they're struggling with. Like, oh, they really want to grow closer to God. They really want to know what happens after this life, things like that. And then it's much easier to know, okay, well, now I know what to teach because they want to to understand the scriptures or they want to learn about their purpose. Um, And so I think just going about finding their needs and then teaching to their needs. Excellent. I think a popular phrase today is meet them where they are, right? Start mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. Wherever they are, whatever their concerns are, and then build on that and let the Spirit guide you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what gave you the courage to conquer any fear or uncertainty that you had? 
Mm. I had a really good trainer, the missionary that was like just teaching me the the basics of being a missionary, I guess. He was just so faithful, like just go and do um, and don't worry about like the fears, like God loves effort. And so definitely from him, I learned a lot just from acting in faith, like taking steps of faith without thinking about the fear or the doubts in your mind. Just, just do it and the Lord will take care of your fears and the people you're meeting with. I imagine that the church culture out there was a little bit different than what you experience here in Idaho and Utah. Mm-hmm. Were there things that you came to love about the people or the culture out there, things that um, you learned from them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as I was in Chicago for the two years, um, I was moved around to different areas in the Chicagoland area. And my first area, I was in the South Side for six months. And my last area, I was in the South Side in a, a different part of South Side, but right next to each other for six months. So I spent a whole year in the South Side of Chicago. And I, we were definitely the minority. And uh, the living situations are not the best. There's a lot of gang violence and things like that. And just being there, seeing the people where they're at, definitely brings humility and um, the congregation there is just the best place to be ever. Some of the members there just call it true religion because Mm -hmm. there's so many new and different people, people from all different kinds of countries and ethnicities and you just can't have any like judgment um, in the congregation because people are just so broken and looking for a place to be and to feel welcome. And so the, the, the culture was just love. Like no matter who you are, if it's your first time, come and belong, come and stay, and, and come and serve um, Bishop, Pope. He's kind of like the leader of the congregation. He would do big community events and invite people to come and help, and just anyone, just come and participate and just grow their faith in Jesus Christ. Just very simple. And there's no like uh, church lingo where people don't really know what you're talking about um, as far as like uh, visiting the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Tell them how many new members was in that congregation. So out of, so in this building in Hyde Park, it's in Hyde Park in the south side of Chicago, and there's two words that meet, meet there, the Hyde Park first ward and the Hyde Park second ward, like two different congregations. And in each ward or each congregation, there are four to five sets of missionaries. So um, there's over 20 missionaries there. Um, and in the second ward, I was in the second ward, in the past 12 months there have been over 45 new members being baptized and coming and um, coming to the church. And they just had two baptisms yesterday as well. So so what draws them to the church? Yeah. Um, as I've talked to all the new members or the recent converts, almost every time they just talk about the way they feel, not necessarily the the 
the doctrine that they understand about what makes us different than other churches, but how they feel and the people that they're connected with at church because it's just filled with the Spirit. It's filled with love, and they're drawn to it, and they want to be there just because of the way they feel. I remember you saying that they just sang primary songs, just basic. Yeah, like... Everything was real basic. Um, the culture in Idaho and Utah, it's... Um, I think you just kind of have to get used to it. Maybe some things are unfamiliar if it's your first time, but in Chicago, it's just very simple and basic. They um, added, like, some primary songs, and we'll sing... I'm trying to be like Jesus, I feel my Savior's love, and we'll stand as a congregation and sing those songs. And when we're trying to sing a complex song <laughs> in Idaho or Utah, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I love it. The spirit oh, is just great. so strong. So, you know, we, we see these young men go out at 18 and come back as men. Do you... What do you think changed the most about you? And what are you grateful for? What changes are you grateful for in those two years? I definitely feel my love for Christ has definitely grown. Um, I, like I said, like I went to, to help others to, to see that change within myself, but my motivation changed probably a little before halfway through my mission to where I would help people, serve people, teach people, love people uh, because I loved Christ. Like I learned so much about him and who he is, what attributes he has. And as I grew my love for him, it makes everything easier. It allows us to do things that maybe we were uncomfortable with. Um, so definitely drawing closer to the Lord and loving him and daily habits have changed like my desires to uh, be in the world is definitely not as strong or like I have no desire to participate in things I used to so so what do you mean by that like be be specific what does that look like in somebody's life in your life yeah. what kinds of things are you as no a, longer interested in so I mean like before my mission I'd watch sports all the time I was on social media all the time just so connected with everything, knew what was going on. But now I spend so much time listening to wholesome things, whether it be books or uh, general conference talks from leaders of the church or hymns or just things that help me feel closer to Christ, help me uh, feel the Spirit. And, yeah. And why is that important to keep doing those things? I mean, it's obviously it's important while you're on a mission, right? You to stay close to the spirit so you can teach people. But how is that going to help you as you move forward now that you've come home from a mission? Yeah, there's a uh, a talk by David A. Benar. He talks about the characteristic of Christ, like he could not have died for us without his characteristics. And so um, he talked a lot about turning outward. And on my mission, I learned how to turn outward. Every day you're on your knees, morning, evening, even in the middle of the day, just praying for people, praying how to help people. And um, 
praying for other missionaries that you're serving with and you're reading scriptures every day for more than an hour and you're just spending every moment of those two years focusing on everyone but you. And so um, that definitely helped me or change and just being home now, now I'm just focusing on ways that I can turn outwards and love others, pray for them, serve them, and even teach them, even when I meet people. So how does that translate into a busy life? Like you're going back to work now, yeah. and you probably don't have an hour to spend reading your scriptures all the time, or maybe you do right now because you're just getting getting started and getting back home, but, but how does that translate in a busy life? How do you... What maybe advice do you have for others who want to be closer to Christ, but the world is all around them? How do you how do you actually make that a habit and a and something important in your life? Mm-hmm. I definitely feel it. Just the basic things, um, praying every day, and not just going through your prayers just to say them, but still being intent and open and honest with Heavenly Father and. Um, I may not have that hour to study the scriptures, but I do put in time to read the scriptures, read the Book of Mormon, to get connected with him before I leave in the morning to go to work. And then, uh, like I have a whiteboard at home, I write up goals, I have Christ-like attributes that I'm trying to work on. For instance, joy is something that I'm working on. Like even though I'm at work and I'm surrounded by construction workers where it's not the most like clean um language i just choose to to be joyful and um to be who i am and not change and fit in but just trying to do what jesus would do say what he would say Um, and then if i fall short i pray and repent every day did you have any life-changing moments or real turning points on your mission or did you feel like that change of heart and conversion and that ability to turn outward was just kind of a gradual process over time um there were many moments um in my mission where i felt very strongly um like just being close to to jesus christ and i wouldn't say there's specifically one huge event that happened to me um, that helped me to make that change. I think it's it's a lifelong process, and it doesn't stop after my mission. I guess. Absolutely. So do you have any experiences you want to share with us? Yeah. Um, every day was a joy, and I really tried to cherish every day of my mission because it was the only chance I had. Um to be a missionary and towards the second half of my mission I would record like little sticky notes I'd write down miracles of each day people we met like how they have learned about the gospel how they have changed their lives and how they feel that same love for Christ Um, and I think just what being able to recognize the miracles in our lives every day can change our our perspective and how we go about our our lives so are there any specific miracles that you'd like to share well i guess one miracle um that i would share 
is just the power that Jesus Christ has and the power in the Book of Mormon. We were teaching a man. His name is Nilesh. He was from India, and he was converting over to Christianity, and he was learning about the gospel. And he, in order to join the church or to become baptized, you need to be clean from um, substances or alcohol or things like that to like take that repentance process uh, and be ready and worthy to be baptized. And so we promised him and testified to him that if he read the Book of Mormon and he quit, like right now, he would be able to quit. And we took all of his tobacco and his alcohol and um, he did not drink or smoke or chew after that. And he really felt happier and more at peace because he, he really did feel closer to God. How close is the church house? I'm just curious. We were talking about your congregation and how many wards there were. How far did people have to travel to a chapel? Um, in the south side, it's very difficult to get like transportation, especially like how poor people are. And if they were on the southern part of our area, it'd probably take like a two-hour bus ride. Um, or like a 45 minute drive on the freeway. So like it's definitely a sacrifice and a commitment to make, but other areas in our mission, um, or the other areas I served in, it wasn't more than 20, 30 minutes. So Mm -hmm. that seems so crazy to us when ours is five minutes away, isn't it? I know. It's amazing. I I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Did you come across anybody who had never heard of Christ? Mm -hmm. Like, Nilesh was one, he was learning about Jesus Christ for the first time, and yeah. I, I just find that fascinating. People. My daughter was called to Malaysia, and that was one of the things that the stake president, when he he uh, was counseling her, he said, you will meet people who have never heard of Jesus Christ. And it shocked me, because I had not fathomed that. And here you are in the States, in Chicago, and because there are so many immigrants, and it's so diversified... I was just curious. So, um, yeah, it's a big melting melting pot yeah. in Chicago. So, so what's that like? What do you what do you say to somebody who doesn't know who Jesus Christ is? What are some of the things they ask, and how do you teach them who He was? Well, just going to the the plan of salvation that you know God is our Father in heaven. He's the Father of our spirits, and He wants all of His children to return back to Him. And in order to return back to him, we need a savior. And Jesus Christ, he is our savior. He took upon all of our sins or our mistakes and can make it possible for us to return back to him. That's that's cool. I wonder, you know, just to think about hearing that for the first time, recognizing there's somebody who loved me that much yeah. And I want to know that person. Well, I just I just um, read an article. I don't remember if I read an article or listened to a podcast or whatever, but I heard about a man, and of course right now I can't think of who he is. But um, we'll have to put it in the show notes when I figure <laughs> it out. But he um, he had ended up, you know, had a, had a rough life and ended up killing somebody and going to, to jail, going to prison on death row. And be, I can't remember if it was like during that process or when he was in prison, some, a clergyman came and taught him about Jesus Christ. And 
And I just remember him saying, I never knew this. If I had known this, my life would be so different. Mm -hmm. And so he started teaching everybody in the prison um, about Jesus Christ. And they said that his row was the most calm and well-behaved because they were all men who believed in Christ. They were all Christians and ended up, you know, he was on death row. You know, he was going to die. But in the end, uh, after all the years that he was in prison and all that he had done to, to, to serve and to help other people, he was let go out of prison. Wow. He was, yeah. Amazing. He didn't have to die. And he, you know, he was a missionary his whole life in prison. And I just thought that, I, I, I don't know, I just had that feeling like, Gosh, if I had just known. Yeah. <laughs> and we know, we've known for our whole lives. And it seems like who doesn't know that? You know, it's almost right. just we take it so for granted that we just know. And it's beautiful. So, Briggs, what would you say to young people your age uh, about serving in any capacity? What does service do for you? And how does it and has it changed your life? Um, so as a missionary, you have mission leaders, like a couple that watches over all the missionaries. And Sister Chase was um, President Chase's wife, and she was talking to me about the transition of going home after my mission. And as a missionary, your schedule is so busy. You're talking to people, you're meeting with people, teaching them every day, almost like every hour of the day. And so your your schedule is just booked and you have no time to, you know, pretty much relax. <laughs> and um, coming home, you don't have that schedule anymore. And she talked about how a lot of missionaries go home and they think they need to f just be super busy, fill up their schedule, do all these things. But she said, the past two years you've been serving, you've been loving people, and that is what is bringing you joy. That's what br brings happiness. And so definitely as I've been home, I've been trying to focus on that. Like I don't need to fill up my schedule with all these things I need to do and just be stressed all the time, but I need to focus on serving and, and loving people, whether it be you're going through the grocery store and you can say hi, get to know someone and ask if they want to come to church with you or something like that. I talked to a guy last week about Jesus Christ at the DMV. And um, it's just a great conversation. So just just looking for ways to serve every day. Um, if you want to find true happiness, true joy, that, that comes from l looking for ways to, to minister to people. Like social media, instead of me scrolling, I try to reach out to people I haven't talked to in a while or people from Chicago, and to me that's been able to, to make this transition joyful is using these things to serve. Sounds to me like you're continuing to look outward mm -hmm. and, and just to find others. Anywhere you find yourself, even if it's on social media, to just serve and build and share yeah. your love and... And the Savior's love. And okay, take me back to the DMV because I've been at the DMV. I've been in lines. I don't know if I would know how to instigate a conversation. I really want to know how that went. Yeah, so 
we were just sitting there waiting for our ticket and I just asked him how his day is going and everything. And I just like told him like, yeah, I just got back from Chicago. I lived there for two years. Are you from here? Got to know him. He does construction. He had a couple jobs in Washington and Oregon and he grew up pretty faithful. He's Catholic and, um, I got his phone number and I shot him a text and stuff, but just, I don't know, getting to know them. Yeah. Getting to know where their story, what their story is, who they are, what they care about, um, and maybe what they want to learn more about. Like his name was Ephraim. He wanted to, to grow closer to God and it was just super cool to Awesome. Keeping your eyes open, right? Yeah. yeah. Keeping your eyes open for those, those eyes open and your mouth open too. Well, I have a tendency. Willing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I want to say I'm willing. You just start. You just start asking questions. Yeah, so you we, connect yeah. first, yeah. and then the opportunity natural. yeah presents itself. Yeah, I would definitely say as a missionary, you focus a lot about those who are searching for the gospel, those who are looking and ready to receive it, even though they don't know it and knowing that okay this person is here while you're here that is has to be divinely uh designed by god like if he wants to use you he wants to to pour out his spirit through you so if we're willing to share and just know that there could be people ready all the time Mm -hmm. people willing to learn all the time yeah. Well, and you have a good example in your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad's very that, good at that. He's oh, very man. Good at that. So, is. Marlene, I have a question for you. I I just want to know what you, what you have seen in Brigham. Like, obviously, you saw this boy leave at 18 and come back a man. What what kind of changes have you seen in him that you're grateful for? I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> Yeah, he just, like he said, he was really into social media and busy with his company, but he has just truly now been and is outward and just more mature, still happy Brigham like he's always been, but um, yeah, just more mature and kind of takes a second before he answers and just takes things more serious maybe. Still a goofball. Yeah. Well, that's good. We don't want you to change too much. Right. He's that, still him. That would be yeah. no fun. Yeah. Very, very more serious, probably. Yeah. Well, and that's the cool thing about it. We we don't have to to believe in Christ to follow Christ. You don't have to be anything different than who you are. Yeah. You just take things more seriously. Even like like what you were just saying, Greg's about um, being on social media. I loved how you said instead of just scrolling like mindlessly use it for good use it to reach out to people which is what it really should be for right to keep in touch with people to check on people and how they're doing because you know we never know what just a word will do for somebody and we can use our fun personalities and and stuff to show that believing in christ and having a testimony and living the gospel is a joyous fun awesome thing mm-hmm. you know yeah i definitely share like in my mission something that we would do we'd read what we call the safeguards for using technology where there's four different safeguards it's like being one 
like with your companion, the missionary you're with, and then purpose driven, um, and then you know a couple other things. But using technology is something that we all need to figure out to use it righteously, um, specifically with a purpose. Mm-hmm. It talks about don't turn on your phone until you have a purpose in mind, and so that's why I'm continuing to to use is. I'm not going to get on my phone until I'm ready to to use it something. or to to accomplish my purpose to help others. I love and, that. Yeah, not to just be on my screen or not to bring it into the bathroom and just things like that. I just don't need it everywhere. So mindlessness, you know, I think we have to be mindful. I like that a lot to have a purpose. Why am I on? I have a purpose for it. Because technology really is, I feel, um, inspired by God mm-hmm. and has a great purpose. I know that as a service mission leader, we couldn't do our job without the current technology that we have. Because, so true. you know, we're meeting all, all times of the day, all across the city, and Zoom and other things allow us to come together and meet and study scripture and, yeah. and you know, have district meetings and, and things that we couldn't do without it, so... Yeah. I like it. I like that point. Make sure you have a purpose before you get on it. So if there was one thing that you could share with the world or shout from the rooftops for all to hear, what would it be? Come unto Christ. Um, increase your faith in Him. Repent. Just come unto Him. Learn about Him. Learn about who He is. And take the steps necessary and make the sacrifices necessary to to have that relationship and to have the blessings that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Thanks, Briggs. We appreciate you. We are, we're happy that you're going to share with the world or with our five listeners <laughs> your beautiful testimony. <laughs> yes, thank you. It was a joy. One last thing I'd share is just to, if you're listening to this and you're not a member of the church, just to be open, just to be, you know, learn about it. It doesn't mean you have to join the church or, you know, something like that, but just learn about Jesus Christ and and what makes the church of Jesus Christ so unique. And um, I know that the Lord will bless you with greater peace and love within your heart and your own home as you do so. So Wonderful. Well, I have enjoyed this very much. And you can just, I wish the listeners could just see Brigham's face. He's just radiating joy. And you can feel it just by being here. Um, I can tell you've got the spirit with you. You've got a warmth about you and a love about you. And it's apparent to us and um i truly think that we all need that in the world we need peace and joy and happiness and we need the love of the lord we just pray that everybody will want to find out more about jesus christ and come under his wings